Hello children, and welcome to Musa Stories. Do you know what notorious means? It's an English word, notorious. It means famous for doing evil. I am now going to tell you a story about the most notorious Jew who ever lived and how he did teshuva. This story has scary parts to it, so you may want to turn me off, or maybe you want to turn me louder. His name was Menashe Melech Yehuda. He was a king related directly from David Melech. Menashe's father was the great and righteous Chizkiyahu Melech Yehuda. Chizkiyahu was actually one of the greatest tzaddikim in history. When Chizkiyahu was king, everyone in Yehuda was righteous. He forced everyone to keep the Torah to be Tamid Chachamim, and it worked. Some Chachamim thought that Chizkiyahu was actually Moshiach, and he taught his son Menashe to be a Tamid Chacham as well. But it didn't help. When Chizkiyahu died and Menashe became king, Menashe was rebelling. Can you believe that? A Tamil Chacham rebelling against Hashem? He started making funny drushes that weren't true. And Menashe kept on learning Torah. He even had a whole new set of Chidushe Torah for each new year that he was king. And he was king for 55 years. Longer than any other king. So Menashe knew quite well who he was rebelling against which makes him much, much worse than any other Russia. Here's how he rebelled. Menashe had a boy child that he gave away to the Moilech fires. Do you know what Moilech is? Ask your parents what Moilech is. Menashe was looking for the best ways to anger Hashem. He did every type of witchcraft and ghost calling and magic that the Torah doesn't allow. Menashe married his sister. Everyone knows about that Avera from when you're young. Menashe wanted to do the most well-known Avera. You know how a king must carry around a Sefer Torah wherever he goes? Well, Menashe, he also had a Sefer Torah wherever he goes. But his Sefer Torah, well, listen to this. He took a razor blade and he cut out every single place where Hashem's name is mentioned in the Sefer Torah. So there were hundreds of windows in the parchment. King Chizkiyahu had destroyed all of the bummos that people had in those days. Well, Menashe built them all right back up again. Do you know what a bummo is? Ask your parents what a bummo is. Menashe built a mizbeach for the Avodah called Baal. Baal was a well-liked Avodah in those days. Menashe planted Asherah trees, those are Avodah trees, Menashe bowed down at night to the star clusters and the constellations and the galaxies and the sky. And he brought carbonos to them. He built for them a Mizbeach in the holy Beis HaMikdash. You might have heard that when the Beis HaMikdash was first built by Shlomo HaMelech, a miracle fire came down from Shamayim and burnt the carbonos, the carbonos that Shlomo HaMelech had put on the Mizbeach. That fire stayed on the Mizbeach and never went out, the whole time. And it stayed in the shape of a lion. Yeah, the fire was in the shape of a lion, a miracle fire. But Menashe didn't want Hashem's fire. He didn't want it on the Mizbeach. 
So he put it out with tons of water. Then he tore apart that Mizbeach. Menashe carved an idol of four faces, just like the image that supports Hashem's throne in Shamayim. Arba Panim. It was as heavy as a thousand men. And he stood it up in the Hechal. This is a tragedy that we fast for every year on Shiva Ozebatamuz. But then, 1,000 Jewish men were killed for it every day until Yerushalayim was filled with blood from one end to the other. Isn't all of this shocking? Wait, it gets worse. Have you ever heard of Yeshayahu Hanavi, the great prophet? Well, he was Menashe's grandfather on his mother's side. Menashe wanted this Navi dead. And it happened. A whole story on its own, how Menashe murdered Yeshayahu Hanavi, his own Zaidi. He was more wicked than any Goy that lived in Canaan before the Bnei Yisrael came in to conquer it. And he was a Choshev a Yid. He came from a Choshev a Mishpacha. And also, he led his own Shevet Yehuda off the derech to do many, many of Eros. Hashem sent other prophets to get him to do Teshuva, but no one could change Menashe HaMelech. Nothing worked until the cauldron story. Oh, the cauldron story. Here's the last part of the story. Kids, Hashem never wants a Russia to die as a Russia. He wants Teshuva so badly, even from this notoriously wicked person. So this is what Hashem did. He arranged that the army of Ashur should come and capture King Menashe with hunting hooks. They bound him in chains and they led him off to Bovel. But first, Menashe grabbed one of his favorite idols to bring along with him, Pesel Micha. Have you ever heard of Pesel Micha? Ask your parents about Pesel Micha. The enemy soldiers put Menashe into a copper cauldron. That's a gigantic pot. And they filled it up with water up until Menashe's neck. Then they set the fire underneath the cauldron. Uh-oh. He could feel the heat on his toes. The soldiers from Ashur were planning to boil Menashe alive. Menashe knew that he better start praying. But he started praying to all his Avodazaras. After each prayer, he waited a second to see if it would work. Then he prayed to another god and another until he prayed to all the Avodazar gods in the world. And of course, nothing happened. But by now, the water was really hot. It was already steaming with Menashe inside. Menashe thought, I don't want to die. What should I do? Hey, I remember my father once taught me a Pusik in Pasha's... What was it? Pasha's Veskanon. That when a Yid is in distress from the enemy Goyim, he can call out to Hashem. Hashem will listen and won't let the Yid be destroyed. So I'll try it. Hashem, save me! If he answers me, great. If he doesn't, then Hashem is just as worthless as all the other gods. Children, can you believe such chutzpah? Manasha's tefillah was traveling up to heaven, but the angels, the Malachi Ashares, were fuming mad. So they were trying to block Manasha's tefillah so that Hashem wouldn't accept it. Hashem, save me. No way! Hashem, as if, asked his Malachim, uh, what's going on? 
the Malachim complained to him, a despicable human being who set up an idol in your holy base on Mikdash, oi, will you accept his tshuva? HaKadosh Baruch Hu replied and said, of course, of course, Menash is turning to me. He's relying upon me as his only chance. This is what I've been waiting for. None of the Navim were able to get him to turn to me. Now his Yisurim are finally doing the trick. I know that it is a low quality teshuva, but if I don't accept it, many people who think bad of themselves will never do teshuva. But I love my Yidin's teshuva because it brings them a little bit closer to me. I'll take any amount that I can get. No, said the Malachim. It doesn't befit your honor. We won't hear of it. And the Malachim all got together and they made a blockade. Menashe's tefillahs aren't coming through. So, do you know what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did? Our loving, caring father, he, as if dug a secret tunnel around the back way and the tunnel led straight to underneath his heavenly throne. G'doyle teshuva shemagas ad kisei hakavoid. Menashe's prayer came through that tunnel and Hashem accepted it. Hashem saved Menashe from the hot cauldron. A miracle wind brought Menashe back to Eretz Yisrael and for 33 more years he was a king with teshuva because Menashe finally understood that no matter how hard you try, it's impossible to anger Hashem. So, Kinderlach, what do we learn from this story? We learn that teshuva is easy. We learn that Hashem wants any kind of teshuva, even a half teshuva, a crippled teshuva, the smallest step back close to Him. He loves it, and He's waiting for it. And that's what it says in Parshas Nitzavim. Here, I'll sing it. Ki karov elecha hadavar meod, elecha hadavar meod. It's close to you, this thing of teshuva very much, this thing of teshuva very much. In your mouth and in your heart to do it, in your mouth and in your heart to do it. For more stories, go to our website, musastories.com.